What's up, guys? I'm going to go ahead and do the intro to uh, the teaching in Song of Solomon. Uh, I may have to, until I get a link up to share the notes with you guys, I'll just go ahead and read them here and start the session. This is on the book Song of Solomon. In uh, the first verse, it's called the Song of Songs. Amen. So it's the song of all songs that's ever been sung. Uh, in this session, we'll give an introductory. We'll give introductory information about the Song of Solomon and the principles of interpretations. This will give us a roadmap as to understand the big picture of the song. So, yeah, it's important to lay down the foundation of how we're going to be viewing this in the in the context and uh, how amazing it is, and it'll help you uh, grow with viewing your life, especially in times of. Uh, struggle and even in our weakness um it's powerful to see how god views us amen uh because he's amazing <laughs> nobody else cares and nobody else is there guess who's always there amen <clears throat> so the introduction uh part one and b king solomon is the author of this eight chapter love song in approximately 900 bc before christ it was probably written before his spiritual decline. Uh, you can read about that in 1 Kings chapter 11, 3 through 4. Uh, C, Solomon was a prolific songwriter. He, dude, wrote over a thousand songs, a thousand and five to be exact. If you want to look that up, that's in 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 32. Holy Spirit inspired him to name this song using the ultimate superlative. For example, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, this is, and Holy of Holies, this is the song of all songs that's ever been sung. The Song of Solomon is the greatest song in redemptive history. I refer to it as the song. And then, uh, you know, you, God's given me acronyms for it, you know, SOS. It's a hidden little eight-chapter book in the middle of the Bible. Um, there's only two books that end the same way. It's the bride crying out for Jesus to come. And that's the song of songs and revelation of Jesus Christ, the spirit and the bride say come. And um, let's see. Yeah. So just acronyms that God's given it to me. Everybody knows what SOS. A lot of people should know what SOS means. It means save our ship. Uh, you know, it's a distress signal. Um, I use it as a, a spiritual distress signal save our soul <laughs> amen so there's two many two primary sections of the songs of the song of songs chapters one through four and then five through eight the first half and then the last half the first four chapters of the song focus on the bride understanding her enjoyment or understanding and enjoying her inheritance in christ these chapters emphasize how god views us and desires us and in this case her the chapter uh the last four chapters focus on jesus's inheritance in the bride we seek something from him but he also seeks something from us he wants us to love him with all of our heart amen matthew chapter 22 verse 37 uh the focus of the the book completely shifts in the middle though in chapter uh four Verse 16, and uh, it goes on to verse 1 of chapter 5. It completely shifts. Um, 
just tell you a little bit about my personal journey with the song. I attended an internship for a year where the Lord led me and marked me in the year 2006 through 2007. In that internship, I listened to Mike Bickle teach on the Song of Solomon. It was something that I never personally looked at. I mean, I knew the book existed. I just never really read it, right? Uh, there were many spiritual experiences that I had with God in that season. Yeah, yeah. It, I could go on about that for days, but we're going to stick to this here. The one that sticks out to me to this day is based on the Song of Songs and that teaching. And that's why it's marked me. And I feel led to share this with people uh, because it's so powerful. Uh, viewed in the context which, which it has been viewed and understood by the children of Israel for over the last 3,000 years. That's right, 3,000 years. It's truly transforming to your walk with Jesus for the better. Once the context of the overall view was pre presented and I accepted it, key part, I started engaging the Lord with my in my prayer dialogue with it. He honored it with manifest presence of love for Jesus that I've experienced before, right? But not to this magnitude, guys. Uh, the back and forth between my spirit, Holy Spirit, it was tangible and it was infectious in the best way I can describe or experience. It was truly empowering me to see how he views me, even in my weakness, which is key to understanding the victory we have in Jesus and that we let him have in us. Amen. Preparing ourselves to have an inheritance within ourselves for him now in our lives right now. So uh, let's go to part three. The song reveals the pattern of holy passion. The song reveals God's pattern for how we grow in passion for Jesus. It touches the significant principles and practical realities needed to develop mature love for God. Understanding this song helps us identify the issues that God is specifically dealing with in our lives, in the individual life, gets to the nitty gritty. It equips us to discern what God is doing in the different seasons of our lives that we go through. The ebb and flow in and out of testing and blessing described throughout the song, it's amazing. People often find themselves in two different places in the song at any given season in their life. <clears throat> I revisit personally seasons in the song uh, again and again. Uh, number four, how to interpret the Song of Solomon. So there's a natural interpretation, the view depicted of a natural love story between King Solomon and the bride, the Shulamite maiden. It emphasizes biblical principles that honor the beauty of love within marriage. This view has grown in popularity in the last hundred years and has many good commentaries. There are two basic storylines when you interpret the song as a natural love story. The first tells of a Shulamite maiden who is wooed by the handsome and wealthy King Solomon, who progressively wins her heart as the story unfolds. The second one, this is interesting. The second story is a godly Shulamite maiden who deeply loves a poor shepherd in her hometown. King Solomon passes through her town and notices her working in the vineyard. He was struck with her extraordinary beauty. Thus, he sought to steal her away from the poor shepherd that she loved. She remained loyal to the poor shepherd in the midst of the temptations of King Solomon's wealth and power. That's awesome. Spiritual interpretation. This is what we'll be going off of. This is a symbolic interpretation to reveal spiritual truths in our relationship with Jesus behind the natural love story. <clears throat> This is the approach I will be using in the study in this course. 
We study the song to gain deeper understanding of our relationship and our walk with Jesus. This is the most common interpretation over the last 3,000 years since Solomon wrote the song. Jesus, number one, Jesus is exalted in the song. He spoke of himself from all the scriptures to the disciples on the road to Emmaus. Man, that must have been the best Bible study ever. He went through all 39 books of the Old Testament to speak about himself. He, uh, Luke 24, chapter 24, verse 27, go check it out. He expounded in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself, and they didn't even know it was Jesus giving him the holiest Bible study ever. <laughs> oh man, that would have been awesome. The spirit, what we got it now. <laughs> we can have it now. Amen. Through his spirit, the spirit inspired all scripture. Second Timothy chapter three, verse 16, and it exalts Jesus in all that he does. John chapter 16, 14, he will glorify me for he will take what is mine and declare it to us. Amen. Holy spirit. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Let me take a drink. It's water, people. It's water. Okay. Number three, the spirit has a deep friendship with Jesus and a fierce loyalty to fill people with love for Jesus. It's like a Holy Spirit's favorite job and favorite thing to do is to reveal Jesus, to glorify Jesus, right? It's amazing. And I love it because he's like my best friend. I want him with me all the time in me. I want daily baptisms. Amen. Multiple fillings of the Holy Spirit because I got lots of holes. <laughs> so I leak a lot. I need more fillings, more fillings. And every time he reveals in this word through me with him and lets me feel God's emotions, let me touch and taste and see that Jesus is good and he's alive right now at the right hand of the father and let me experience the father because when you experience jesus or the holy spirit you're experiencing the father too amen <clears throat> but they have been together from eternity past thus it is inconceivable that the spirit would inspire a book in the bible without jesus being the predominant theme Number five, the spiritual interpretation. There's three common approaches. First, the relationship between Jesus and the individual believer. That's what we're going to be focusing on. Amen. The approach gives spiritual principles that aid us in our progression of holy passion. This is the way we approach this study. Amen. Uh, B, second, the relationship between Jesus and his worldwide body throughout history, throughout all history. Uh, third, the relationship between God as the bridegroom. And that's what you'll come to learn Jesus as. And it's a trip. So once you study this and once you get your paradigm shifted uh, to the love of God and how intimate it is, right, between a wife, a husband and a wife, except for in a holy matrimony, truly with Jesus. Oh, my gosh. It's throughout the whole Bible. You'll start seeing it everywhere. And you'll be like, oh, my gosh, he is bridegroom, God, king and judge. <laughs> so. um third the relationship yeah between the bridegroom and israel as his bride and there's it's all throughout the bible guys um <clears throat> hopefully i'll get these notes but i'll just rattle off the verses for you here real quick jeremiah chapter 2 verse 2 hosea chapter 2 16 through 20 ezekiel chapter 16 8 verses 8 through 14 chapter 20 and 21 in chapter 32 and chapter 38, Isaiah chapter 54, 5 verses 5 through 6. This was primarily uh, 
and this was the primary approach of the of the scribes in the Old Testament times and the approach of the Jewish rabbis to this day. We uh, we bless in different interpretations as long as they exhort others to grow in love for Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> Number six, all of God's children are included in the bride. Amen. All of God's children are betrothed, engaged to Jesus. In Hebrew tradition, an engaged couple was legally married. Not not married yet, but they, if they were engaged, they needed to be divorced in order for their, they'd have to break their engagement. So they'd have to get divorced in order for that to happen. And then if you go on 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 11, verse 2, it says, For I have betrothed you to one husband, that you may that I may present you as a chaste version to Jesus Christ. Amen. Because they understood this. They understood this. And that's what we're going for. Understanding, but understanding, And then getting that understanding and letting it flow to the overstanding. Amen. C, a working definition of the bride is one that includes all those who are mature in love. Amen. Like, have you ever seen old married couples, guys? They've, you know, they just got it figured out, you know, they just have so much mercy and grace and it's totally of God. They have uh, most, most old couples, they have, they have so much mercy and grace for one another and they just truly love each other. It's beautiful to see. Amen. And it's, it's something that's disappearing, um, but it's reappearing in his bride. Amen. And it's a relationship between you and Jesus. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's just amazing. Anyways, I'll go on here. Sorry. Uh, da, 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 da. D, I believe that the bride of Christ is the entire body from history filled with mature love and the resurrection. The spirit will bring God's work to completion in the whole body. In other words, every believer will experience a mature bridal relationship with Jesus. E, First, the maturity of the bride is ultimately the fruit of Jesus's work on the cross. If God is for us, who can be against us? Verse 32, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Amen. Romans chapter 8, 31 through 32. F, paragraph F. Second, in heaven there will will be only one unified people rather than two classes of believers. Amen. Jesus prayed that his people would be unified like the father and the son and the spirit. John uh, chapter 17, 21, that they all may be one as you father and are in me and I in you. G paragraph G third, we will be like Jesus when we see him in glory can't wait that's so awesome the impact of seeing god will release great power that will transform all believers in the age to come in first john chapter 3 verse 2 when he is revealed we shall be like him for we will see him as he really is as he is amen uh let's see page four mm, h for the bride's destiny is ensured by God's ravished heart, overcome with emotion. That's what the word ravished looks looks like in the Old Testament, uh, in the context we're looking at. And I, I can't remember. I think there's only one other place where it's like that. Because if you look at it, and if you look it up in some worldly dictionary and stuff, it talks about rape and all kinds of not good things. So 
enemy can't steal the original words of God. Amen. Because <clears throat> he is the word of God. So um, the bride's destiny is ensured by God's ravished heart, by his overcome with emotions for her. His heart is ravished for all of his people. Amen. For all of his children. God's heart is ravished for all the redeemed, not just for those who are spiritually mature during brief time here on earth. Jesus is not more ravished for one group of the body of Christ than he is for another. He's not ravished more for the left leg than the right arm. Amen. And this is, you can find this in Song of Solomon, uh, chapter four, verse nine, you have ravished my heart, my sister, my spouse. And so we'll go into the language and unpack it because it's very, it's, it's a, the biggest song in the Bible, but it's also a uh, very concentrated. So we'll be breaking it down as we go guys and, and understanding the prayer language and the, the themes behind it. Amen. Summary. The maturity of the bride is based primarily on Jesus's work on the cross. I think I said that already. Oh, his work on the cross, his intercession, the revelation of his glory and his heart, ravished heart, his heart overcome with emotion for us. Amen. Let's see here. Number seven, the three main characters of the book. So we got a King Solomon in the spiritual interpretation he is a picture of the triumphant resurrected jesus christ who is king of kings b shulamite maiden in the spiritual interpretation she's a picture of the bride of christ she is introduced as a young maiden who grows up to become a bride in mature partnership with the king jesus amen um c daughters of jerusalem so third one in the spiritual interpretation, they speak of a sincere yet spiritually immature believers. They look to the Shulamite for answers on how to grow close to the king. Amen. It's they see that fire and that passion. They see where she was and where she's going. And they're like, hey, let us in on that secret. Let us in on on that relationship. I want it too. Amen. They are not an actual group that we can identify in history. They personify immature believers. And we were all there. So there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Who walk according to the spirit, not after the flesh. Number eight. Oh, comparing Ecclesiastes and the Song of Songs, right? Solomon wrote three books in the Old Testament. You got Proverbs, you got Ecclesiastes, and you got Song of Songs. It was common in the, for the Jewish fathers to relate these three books of Solomon to the temple of Solomon that he built. They related the book of Proverbs to the outer courts. They related the book of Ecclesiastes to the inner courts. And they related the song to the Holy of Holies, where the Ark of the Covenant was, where they tied rope around priests to go in there and offer the yearly sacrifice and hope he didn't die. Hope he wasn't living a life of sin and trying to come in there because then they'd have to pull him out. They had a bell and a rope on him. But yeah, that's where God was residing on earth in the temple. <clears throat> well, just his presence, you know. Anyways, B, in Ecclesiastes, he wrote vanity of vanities. All is vanity. This book proclaims the life without obedience to God is vanity. Therefore, it is impossible to be satisfied with even the most desirable circumstances you could possibly have here on earth. This book speaks of man's endless wanderings until he finds rest in God. We can have everything, but if we lack the reality with God, we actually have nothing. He ain't gotten jack. Okay, see, in the Song of Solomon, 
Solomon shows forth a joy of life that can be obtained without regard to how circumstances are going. How amazing is that? In this book, the Holy Spirit is calling us to make intimacy with God the goal in our life. Amen. The song highlights how full our life is when our consuming passion is to love and to know Jesus for ourselves. Even with hard circumstances, our spiritual life can be alive in God. Amen. Ecclesiastes, this is D, Ecclesiastes teaches us that no matter how great our accomplish, accomplishments are in the sight of man, they will not <laughs> they will not ultimately have any value in the age to come. They're not pleasing to God. Amen. When Ecclesiastes understood it, when Ecclesiastes is understood, it awakens us to a fervency that begins the journey in the song. Song chapter one, verse five. Thus, Ecclesiastes prepares us to understand the Song of Solomon. So that's why they had those books like that, because it was like you had to graduate on those levels. And the first place was the fear of the Lord, learning about the fear of the Lord being the beginning of wisdom and all the book of Proverbs, and then going into Ecclesiastes, and then the song of all songs. Amen. Let's see. Oh, F. <clears throat> Ecclesiastes speaks of the vanity of pursuing the best things found in earthly life, while Song of Solomon speaks of spiritual pleasure of pursuing the best things found in a heavenly life with eternal treasures. Amen. Uh, let's see. G. In much the same way, the book of Romans shows us that the law brings us knowledge of our sin and the payment for sin is death. A need for recompense can only be found in Jesus' sacrifice by faith through grace. It is the very gift of God. Amen. For all of us have sinned and come short of the glory. Romans chapter 3, 23 and 3, 10, Galatians chapter 3, 19 through 25. Check it out. Uh, historical context and descriptions and interpretations. I'll leave that on the notes um, for you guys to search out there. It's just some, you know, historical facts that how um, it was called the canicles. So that's also okay, too. It's just a Latin noun, um, which means the canicles means a series of songs. Amen. So sometimes you'll see it referred to as that instead of SOS for verse nine, you'll see it, there's other abbreviations that can be used like SS for song of songs. Uh, or you can just see song chapter four, verse nine, or you can see C A N T can't can't for nine. So yeah, there's some extra stuff on there. I'm going to, I'm going to be going through it led by the spirit. So I'm going to always have extra stuff for you guys to read on the notes because I want you to search it out for yourself. That's the most important thing. And uh, I'm just excited to get going on this journey. Took me a while to build these notes, <laughs> but uh, God's faithful. Amen. So let's go hard after him in this. And I, I really look forward to uh, taking on this journey with you guys together and looking forward to what God's going to do. Amen. Be blessed and encouraged. Let's do it together.